<laughs> but you know, I am honored and I love sharing with you guys. Um, I think, you know, I was speaking to somebody else too about, um, I, I enjoy preparing messages. I enjoy speaking to people, but I just don't like necessarily the week after week after week stuff. And so um, this kind of fits in with my personality. So um, let's pray. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for um, being worthy of somebody that we can fix our minds upon, that we can fix our eyes upon, that you give us such an amazing example of how we should live, um, how we should speak, how we should treat each other. I just thank you, Father God, and give you so much praise and honor and glory. I thank you for speaking through me and that everyone in this room, everyone listening to this message would hear your words, would hear your voice, would get a, a, just a, a taste of who you are and be able to um, apply it to their lives. We thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing God worthy of all of our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so um, a lot of times when I do speak, it's stuff that I deal with. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of like to say that I am a really, really nice person until I'm not anymore. <laughs> so, um, and you know, the thing is, it takes a long time for me to get there usually, but when I do, it's kind of like scorched earth kind of a situation. And so um, it used to be, though, I would get there a lot quicker and easier. Um, I, had, um, I have an uncle who asked me at one point, um, he said, you know, you're not as angry as you used to be. Like, what, what is that? And... Um, he believes in God, but not really, you know, doesn't have that really relationship or, or um, kind of belief system where God is present in his life. And I thought about it for just a few seconds and thought about saying, oh, well, I just try to be nice and I try to be, you know, patient or whatever. But I said, uh, it's just God in my life because I could not do it without God. It's just not my nature to be patient and happy all the time and, you know, um, nice to people who are mean to me. <laughs> and so um, I don't think it's a, in a lot of our natures to be nice to people who are mean to us or to be joyful in bad situations. So um, we're going to be talking out of Colossians today and Philippians. Um, Colossians 3, 1 through 2, out of the New Living Translation. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So, we are setting our sights. We're raised to new life. So it's not just, just kind of do it, you know we have to come to the reality that we have a new life in Christ. And the old has passed away. We're a new creation. And many of us have heard this before, but we have to really get it into our spirits and be living that, you know, really walking that out of what does that look like, especially in the day-to-day. -day. Because if you look at your 365 days for this year, 
you know, you probably were pretty okay for like 300 of them, but those 65 maybe had some rough time, or maybe even like 25 had some rough days or something. Um, and so, you know, we don't want to just, on average, be okay. We don't want to just kind of say, well, you know, I was pretty good most of the time, and there's just those few bad days that I can just forget about, and, you know, God covers a multitude of sins and, and all of that. And it's like, well, he does, and he sees us as pure. Um, he sees us as white as the snow, but um, that doesn't get us out of being and doing the things that he has called us to do. So, you know, when he calls us to be kind to our neighbor, um, right. we can't just say, oh, well, I don't really like that person. And God covers a multitude of sins, so he doesn't really mind that I am not so nice to this person because I'm nice to a whole lot of people over here, right? And it's not about God being okay with it or not okay with it. It's about are we where he wants us to be? Are we doing what he's called us to do? Are we thinking what he's called us to think? You know, setting our minds on Christ. It's not just saying, like, just do it. It's saying, set it. You know, we have to forcefully do it. Um, I don't just, again, wake up, la la, <laughs> in the morning. I have to think about it. Um, and we have Philippians 4, 4 through 8. I'm going to read it. And then we're going to talk about it a little bit. So if you want to follow along again, it's the New Living Translation. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So verse 4, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. So like, let me make sure I'm saying this correctly. <laughs> Um, I don't believe that we need to rejoice in every circumstance or every sin or negativity in our life. I don't need to thank God for sickness. I don't need to say, thank you, God. I'm so glad I'm sick. Um, but I can rejoice God, to God in that sickness. I can rejoice and praise God in the middle of my circumstances and stuff. And so um, we rejoice in the Lord, not in our circumstances necessarily. Amen. I'm thankful for the Lord 
being in those circumstances. I'm thankful that I have a circumstance, that I'm still above ground and able to rejoice in the Lord. Amen. So um, rejoice that we don't have to worry about our inadequacies, but that we were with an all-sufficient God. And that's the word I kind of kept coming back to, too, is sufficient. Um, His sufficiency, that I rejoice because of his sufficiency. I rejoice knowing that tomorrow is a new day. I rejoice knowing that he's holding me in these moments. Um, I rejoice knowing that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so in my money circumstances, um, I can rejoice knowing that that is coming. You know, I rejoice knowing that my healing is coming. I rejoice knowing that um, the, the solution to my problem is coming. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so this is (laughs) number five. This is the one I could look away from you guys if you want me to. Let everyone see how considerate you are. So is that how people would describe you? Considerate. Helpful. (laughs) I see see a couple of faces out there. (laughs) Considerate, helpful, kind, kind. Let everyone see how considerate you are. So I think of this, the easy example is the road rage thing, you know, where you're driving along and somebody cuts you off. You're like, oh, and then like, oh, that's Sandy driving over there. Sorry, sorry for that, you know. <laughs> and, and I just, I always think, because I, I do that sometimes, you know, I'll be like, oh, that, that person, I want to look at them and see, see what kind of idiot that is driving like that, you know, to look at you. And, and I, I always think, what if it is somebody I know? Or like, if I'm the one doing the bad driving, which I never do, but if I was the one doing the bad driving, I'm thinking, what if they like curse at me or or get mad at me, and then I turn, and it's like, oh, Pastor Deanna, hi, you know, like, are they going to be like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I just did that to her, or whatever, and it's like, you know, it shouldn't matter that I'm a pastor, it shouldn't matter that you know me, or anything like that, we should um, have a proper response, we should have a kind response, knowing that we've all been late, we've all made mistakes, we've all rushed. We've all, you know, done these things um, to inconvenience other people, whether it was on purpose or not, you know, we've all been there. And so how do we respond in those, in those moments, you know? Um, And then what if it is something like where somebody really is rude to you, you know, so um, purposely rude. So then how do we respond? You know, I, like I said, I, I try to be upbeat just because um, I, I've been surrounded by a bit of negativity um, growing up and stuff and, and drama, you know, just that anxiety producing kind of what is going to happen, what is this person going to say, you know, what is tomorrow going to look like kind of thing, and just that kind of anxiousness. And I was kind of a fixer in my family. You know, my, my family would start fussing and fighting or whatever, and I would either recede 
or I would want to fix it. I'd kind of be the voice of like, you know, it's not that bad. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. And then, you know, when you pop your little groundhog head out there, then they, you know, whack them all down on you sometimes. And so um, I remember very clearly as like a 12-year-old getting into the middle of parental uh, conversation. And it was like, what are you doing? You think you know more than the adults? And I was like, well, kind of, if this, if this is how you're acting. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. And it's like, no, you don't. And so, you know, I took away from that, that, um, you know, I can have more insight than an adult sometimes. I can have more patience than adults sometimes. And maybe it wasn't the appropriate time for me as a 12-year-old to, to put myself out there or to jump into that, but I could at least see that that was not an appropriate conversation that was going on, right? And so um, we tend to, again, have a, sometimes a visceral reaction to things. Um, I, I'm just going to share this one, this one thing, too. Um, this was not too long ago, just a few years ago, and my, I'm just going to say my relative. <laughs> my relative um, was pregnant, emotional, um, was already kind of high maintenance to begin with, and I know this about her. So, you know, I'm like, okay, we're having family time together and stuff, and... Um, we're getting ready for the next day, and I say, you should be ready. We're going to, be, we're going to meet at 10, so you probably need to get up at 8, since, I didn't say this, but since you're high maintenance, and you take a lot of time to get ready. <laughs> so, but I said, we're meeting at 10, so you probably want to get up early, maybe 8 o'clock or whatever, to get ready. Well, for whatever reason, this triggered her, flipped out, um, yelling at me, I can't tell her what to do, I'm not her mom, I'm all this stuff, and, and everything, and I was just, I had just been sitting there, and I kind of was like, oh, what just happened? Like, that was such um, an overreaction in my thinking to what I just said, you know? She has to decide and think about was it an overreaction for her? Because whatever I said, whatever she felt, whatever had led up to that moment, that was her reaction to that. And um, again, I'm, I'm a little bit assertive. I'm a little bit of an aggressive person. I like sports and um, I like to be in charge sometimes. <laughs> and so I can, you know, uh, here are the rules, and here are the you know the schedule, and this is what we're doing. Good morning, good morning. Um, this is what we're going to be we're going, and so I tend to like you know um, action and that kind of thing. And so um, so when she responded like that, it was like, oh, first of all, I was shocked. I was just like, what just happened? You know, I'm, my initial response was really to be the peacemaker, and I'm like, okay, I don't know why you're upset. I'm trying to explain, you know, yeah, I was kind of, you know, joking, but it was like, I'm just telling you what we're doing. 
I'm not meaning anything by it. I'm, you know, trying to diffuse the situation. Well, meanwhile, six months pregnant, little five foot tall person like this is up now jumping like, oh, mad, mad, mad in my face, hand in my face. So now I'm a little upset. <laughs> so now we've switched that, that turn because I've, I've tried. I've, I, first of all, I didn't feel like I'd done anything wrong. And then I tried to fix it. I didn't just get you know, mad right away. And so now I'm like, well, now it's okay for me to get angry. <laughs> So I, I kind of rise up, and I was like kind of going back a little bit, you know, and, and I was like, this is insane, and I'm sure that was the perfect word to use in that situation as well, but I'm like, this is insane, this is not okay, like you're, you're overreacting, you, need, you know, calm down, lady, because that works too for women, calm down, and, um, and she did not. <laughs> So now she's screaming, jumping up and down. So again, I've, so I've, I've turned, turned the switch, right? I've allowed the switch to turn me. Um, and I think, okay, I feel all of this inside of me, this rage, this hurt, because this person is saying such mean things about me and is so angry and so upset, and I don't, feel like I did anything wrong again. So um, I just thought, before I do something that I will regret, because I wanted to punch her out, honestly. I really did. So um, I was like, I'm just going to remove myself from the situation. OK? So here she is. Here I am. I'm going to remove myself from the situation because I'm the bigger person literally and figuratively, and I'm going to diffuse and, and be patient and realize that, you know, she is pregnant and she is whatever, and I'm thinking, well, um, why is she doing this when she knows she's pregnant and she knows I could beat her up? <laughs> like, why? she's not being very kind to that baby. But anyway, I'm like, so I'm gonna leave, right? So I'm gonna go to the door, hand on the door, and she says, yeah, run away like the coward you always are. And I stopped, and I was like, I could go back there and do that. And so, run away like the coward you always are. And I was like, okay, that's the devil. And I turned the handle, and I walked out. And it didn't, it didn't end the drama. Um, the next day, we still had to kind of work some stuff out or whatever. And she actually got really mad when I told her that I wanted to punch her. <laughs> so um, she was like, how could you ever, ever think of doing that to me? And I was like, well, you hurt me just as much as a punch would have hurt. Like that hurt my heart, that hurt my spirit, the things that you said to me and the way that you spoke to me. But it was like the way that we were raised was so different that we had a completely different dynamic for our response in those kind of situations. And so 
Um, I'm not proud of all of the way I responded in that situation, but I'm glad that I have the story to share that I walked out <laughs> instead of having the physical response that I really, really, really wanted to have, and which is how I was raised as well. Like, um, I've been in m several, many physical fights, um, and it was just kind of the way, like I said, I was raised to protect myself, to protect my family, and um, it's, it was a natural, kind of a natural, visceral response. Um, thankfully, it's not my normal, everyday response now to, to every situation that I encounter. But um, I just think that, well, I might have jumped ahead of myself a little bit, but I um, think about the situation that I was in and where I could be right now and where I've chosen to be with the sufficiency of the Lord. And so again, the 18-year-old me would have happily and self-righteously gotten into a physical altercation with her. Um, the 30-year-old me was able to back myself out of it, not completely gracefully, <laughs> but at least, you know, to diffuse that situation. And so, are we being seen the way that God, the way that we, the way that we present ourselves to God? And so, when I go to the Lord and I am worshiping, you know, I turn on my worship music and I'm like, oh, you're so beautiful, you're so wonderful, ah, that kind of stuff, um, you know, is that the way that I'm presenting myself to other people? Um, when people meet you, when they know you, when they talk to you and spend time with you, do they know that you're a Christian? Um, do they, if they don't know, because I don't necessarily feel like you have to always say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but your words, your actions, your spirit should be yelling out, Amen. I have a relationship with Christ. Amen. You know, um, so when people get around you, they should be saying, huh, that person is really kind. You know, that person is very generous. Um, you know, I like being around that person. Um, I do tours of the Black Hills now in the summertime, and um, we have kind of a, a, a contest going on right now with the other drivers that I'm, I've been getting hugs after every tour. So most of the tours I'm doing is for two to like six, seven, eight people. Um, it's very small boutique-y type of thing. And they're hugging me <laughs> after every tour. And so, um, you know, we talk, the drivers and I talk and stuff, and it's like, oh, how was your tour today? Oh, it was good, we did this, did that. Oh, the couple was nice, or whatever, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, I got hugs. And so the one guy that I work with is like, a handshake's as good as a hug. <laughs> and I said, that's because you don't get hugs. That's why, <laughs> that's why you say that. Um, but so now he's like, oh, I got hugs today. And so there's like a, a thing going on. Um, but one, one thing that a couple said to me, after, you know, taking around to Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse and Custer State Park and just doing all these things, you know, it's beautiful. Um, 
it's sometimes, you know, awe-inspiring as we're out there and stuff. People have never been here before. Um, but at the end of the tour, I've had several of them that are saying, you know, good luck on your future. Like, we're excited to have met you. You're awesome. But, like, not to blow my own horn, but it's like, I'm just a tour, you know, the Black Hills, that we're just talking about. It was started in 1927 and, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And one couple was saying, you have a beautiful spirit. And I thought, huh, that's really sweet. And I told him, I said, that's, that's really nice. Like, that's, like, how, how, why would you even, you know, say that kind of thing? Is my thinking is like, we've just had a, a pleasant day, but why would you even say that or whatever? And it was like, no, you, we just can see that your spirit is is sweet or something and I was like oh thank you Jesus because <laughs> it's again like I think I'm a nice person in general but I wouldn't call myself sweet um I wouldn't call myself like overly you know I, I don't know I'm not like the kindergarten teacher you know I love my kids I can't really um the little kids other people's little kids are not really my thing Teenagers, <laughs> I hear an amen. Teenagers, they're pretty okay. I was a youth pastor for 10 years, but um, the little kids I have a harder time with. And so um, I'm just not that like, you know, nice, sweet, wonderful, happy, you know, floaty person all the time. And so it just, it just is. And so it was nice to hear that though, because I thought, okay, I didn't try to have a nice spirit to them, you know? Um, I do pray before I go out on those tours for safety. I pray that, um, you know, that the Lord would speak to them as we're, as we're going around there and everything. But it wasn't like I'm thinking, I hope I'm really nice today. <laughs> you know, I'm not like, not like going out there thinking like that. So, again, how do people see you in your day-to-day -day life, not just at church, Maybe not just at work, because a lot of times we can put on a happy face at work. Um, but in your day-to-day, -day, how are people seeing you? How are you coming across? And our personalities are all different, all beautiful. <laughs> um, but just, what would they say? What would they say about you? Um, number six, <clears throat> if we feel inadequate or worried about things, let me just go back up here real quick. Um, so number six is don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Mm -hmm. So if we feel inadequate or worried about stuff, then how will we feel? That's the word I have, anxious. Um, when we do not feel sufficient, when we, do, when we do not feel enough, we don't have enough time, we don't have enough talent, we don't have enough money, we're going to be anxious about stuff, right? Um, the Bible says to cast our cares on him because he cares for us, and it's all of our cares, all of our worries. He's big enough, strong enough, sufficient enough to carry all of that. Um, there's a meme going around lately that was saying, you know, if you think that you've completely messed up your, you know, God's plan for your life, just rest in the fact that you're not that strong. 
<laughs> you're not, you're just not that cool. <laughs> so um, he is more than enough. He's not just enough. He's more than enough. Amen. So if I need $1,000 for something, he has $100 trillion for me there, you know? If I need food for my kids, he has a banquet for my kids. And so he's more than enough. He's more than sufficient. He's more than strong enough, more than, more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors because of him. And so we can cast every care, whether it is the traffic in the morning, which we don't even really have, but we still let bother us. <laughs> and I say us, me. Um, whether it's the traffic or whether it's a serious illness or whether it's a problem with a kid that we have, um, he's more than enough. He's more than enough to meet and exceed our needs. Seven. I'm going to read that to you again. <clears throat> then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the peace that surpasses all our understanding, that's the, that's the way that we hear it, right? That's the way that we understand it. The peace that surpasses all understanding. And I, I read that verse, and I just, it just is one of those things where I just want to be like, oh. <laughs> that I can't even understand. Peace that goes beyond anything I've experienced. Peace that is more sufficient than anything I could ever want. That peace that I cannot grasp is the peace that he offers us. And it's a peace that doesn't waver in our circumstances. So um, we might feel like we need peace in a situation, like, I, I have a problem with a relative. I need peace in that situation. Well, the peace is already there. The peace is already in my life. It's already over the situation. So it's not based on our circumstances. We can receive it. We can maybe ask for more revelation of it. But it's something we don't understand. It's like there, you know, so we don't have to, to beg for it or work for it. Just accept that that peace is there in every circumstance. A peace that is enough and a peace that we can allow to enter every area of our lives, not just the ones where it feels comfortable. So what is peace? Anybody? Biblical peace? Lack of stress. Blessed assurance. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Right? So, if we have a circumstance, so I, had a fr I have a friend who is dealing with some stuff. 
And she decided to get healthy about that circumstance. So once she made the decision, which was very, very difficult and took a long time to get to that place of decision, then suddenly her family felt very dysfunctional. And her eyes were kind of opened to a lot of stuff that had been going on that she hadn't really cared about prior to that. And so the peace was already there and available. And once she accessed that peace, that wholeness in her life, then it made things uncomfortable for other people around her, and it made it uncomfortable for her. So then she can choose to go back to the situation she was in because that feels more comfortable even though there's less peace. There's a surface peace and not the peace that surpasses all understanding. And so when we choose to really allow God to show us his peace in every circumstance, not just those ones where we think we need it, it can shake things up a bit. And so I just urge you to allow God to show you his peace and allow you to experience and walk it out daily in every circumstance and not just those kind of big situations where you think, I need peace in this situation. Lord, I need peace, I need peace, I need peace. It's like, well, you have the peace. You have the peace in that situation. Walk it out, receive it, let it wash over you, and then be prepared that there's maybe going to be some fallout from it. But he's also sufficient for that, right? If he, if, you know, if, if somebody really, really fabulous buys you a car and says, you know, I'm buying you this car, but it's, it's beautiful, it's expensive, it's wonderful, but you have to pay all the fees and now the insurance, your insurance before was $100, now it's going to be $400, and, you know, you have to um, get all the tags and all the stuff, then you're still thankful for it, right? You're still thankful for that. But it's kind of like, oh, that's, that's kind of a bummer that I have to do that because I don't know if I really can pay for that, that extra every month, and it's a blessing, but I don't know. And so when we have this peace that comes in to our circumstances and pervades our circumstances, again, you can have that, that um, jumbling, <laughs> if you will, that um, uncomfortableness. But again, he's more sufficient. And so he's going to pay the fees and he's going to um, pay the insurance because he can, right? And so continue to walk it out. When you step into a new situation that feels uncomfortable, you've made a decision, a good decision, um, to be kind to somebody who's not kind to you, um, who, you know, you make a decision to maybe give money or items to somebody who isn't grateful um, or who uses you, 
when you make a decision to um, take in a child um, who isn't yours, there can be <laughs> a lot of seeming issues. But when you are walking in the Lord, continue, continue, continue. I give you that circumstance. I give you all my circumstance. I give you my life, not just my circumstances. So if I put all my life under you, then all of it is covered by that peace. Even those things that want to well up, all of that is covered. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. 11. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. I love that because I think, you know, when I need to go to battle, I have angel armies. I have a God that is not just a nice, happy, generous, giving, loving God. I have a warrior on my side as well. And so we, we are still and know that he is God, that he will handle those circumstances, handle those issues. And then when we need to go to battle, we can go to battle and know that that's taken care of as well. So I'm just grateful <laughs> that I have both in my all-sufficient God. Um, the last thing there, the eighth verse. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So how do we fix our eyes on those lovely things? Um, I think sometimes of, you know, we really are blessed to be where we're at. There are so many places and countries and communities around the world that it is a day-to-day, hand-to-mouth struggle. And it is vicious and dirty. And, um, you know, if you are in the, that circumstance, how much harder to think on the things that are pure and lovely and kind and worthy than being, like even, even, you know, I don't know everybody's home circumstances here. I'm sure some of you have some tough situations. But the idea that you can be here in this air-conditioned place with some nice coffee and, you know, have the opportunity to hopefully, like, grow a little bit more in the Lord and, and better your life a little bit. What an opportunity and what a blessing that we really have. Um, and so, what do we surround ourselves with? So there, there are our circumstances, um, which, again, it varies from person to person. And then there are the things that we choose to do. So, 
If I am thinking on things that are pure, on lovely things, on holy things, then there is less room for the vulgar, for the hateful, and for that anxiety. What do we allow in our eye gate? What do we allow in our ear gate? What do we focus on? What do we spend our money on? What do we spend our time on and our energy on? So when, you know, that person or that situation, because it just, it just is, if we're in the world, then we're going to be coming up against people and situations that aggravate us. So when we come up against something like that, if I have filled myself with hateful, rude things, then I'm going to respond more likely in a hateful and rude way. If I have filled myself with those lovely things and those pure things, that's what you go to first, right? So not saying every circumstance, you're going to be able to respond, love, 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 every circumstance. I, peace be, be with you. I pray peace over you. But what do we go to first? You know, um, I used to have a really bad potty mouth um, back in those <laughs> fighting days. <laughs> so um, I, I just remember as like a high schooler, I really didn't have that, that bad of a potty mouth because like I was in kind of that rules situation, you know, and it's like I had the rules at home, I had the rules at school. At school, you just aren't hearing it all throughout the day because you're in class and stuff. And, and so that um, once I graduated and, and everything, then it's like, oh, we're all adults and I can say whatever I want to say and nobody can tell me what to do. I'm an adult, you know. So I was like, do, 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 do. <laughs> and um, my mother did not appreciate it. Um, so I didn't really say those kind of things around her, right? Um, Sean did not appreciate it. But I said, you're my boyfriend, and you have to accept me for the way I am. <laughs> so I was like, you have to love me anyway, no matter what. And he said to me one time, um, you know that I don't like that, right? And I'm like, right. But I mean, there's things about you I don't like either. But um, <laughs> it's like, you know I don't like that. Like, yeah, right, OK. And he said, how come you don't? talk like that around your mom. And I said, well, because she doesn't like that. And she, you know, she's my mom. <laughs> and so, and he said, you're respecting your mom more than you're respecting me. And I wanted to argue and I wanted to say the whole thing of, well, you want me to lie around you or you want me to not be myself around you. And it's like, no, he just wanted me to be a better version of myself. And so I'm like, oh, darn it. <laughs> um, but it's like, if, if, if what I watch on TV, what I listen to is FFFFFFFFFFF, I'm more likely to talk like that, right? If what I'm reading is vulgar, 
then what comes out of my mouth is more likely to be vulgar. Um, and same way, if what I am reading and watching, the way that I'm talking with people, if that is pure and lovely and holy, then I'm more likely to respond like that. So in the coming week, I just encourage you to think about the things that you're listening to, the things that you're watching, and I'm not even necessarily, you know, a lot of you probably don't watch TV or whatever. It's like, oh, I only watch TBN. Good for you. Good job. Um, <laughs> but um, I, you know, I watch other stuff and I listen to other stuff. But also, I talk to people. And, you know, on those tours I do, there are some people who have just a miserable life. And we could get talking about some of that stuff. And I could be somebody to one-up them and say, oh, you had that happen? Just listen to this, because this is like you've never heard anybody act like this. Or, you know, get into politics, or get into, you know, the wayward children or whatever. And it's easy to feed into that negativity. So this week, what are you watching? What are you hearing? But what are you sharing with people? And so when you call that friend or your mom or whatever, your daughter, <laughs> um, is it just a gossip fest? Is it a negative thing? Or is it, hey, what is going on good in your life? So that's my like one point for you to take with you is call somebody up this week. And when you do, say, what is going good in your life? Tell me something good that's going on in your life. If you're sitting at the dinner table, tell me something good that happened today. You know, and don't get off the hook with just saying, oh, it was just everything was good or nothing was good or, or whatever. Um, but what, what is pleasant and what is kind and what is worthy of praise that is happening in your life? And think on those things in order to allow God's peace to be more prevalent in your life and more prevalent to those around you that they see in your life. That's all. <laughs> I thank you, Jesus, that you are sufficient. You are more than sufficient. You are more than enough. You are more than enough to cover all of my stuff and everyone's in here. I thank you, Lord, that we would be an example of your kindness, of your sweetness, of your um, peace to those around you, that we would be a beacon in a um, place of darkness. I thank you, Lord, that you give us the words, that you give us the opportunities, that you help us to uh, walk out the life that you've called us to have. Thank you, Jesus. In your name.